0: Welcome to the Fantasy Rewind Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dylan Stoll, and I'm joined, as always, by my friend, Michael Wifford. Hey, we're back in Middle-Earth. So today, we are going to be going back to Middle-Earth, like Mike just alluded to here, and talking about Rings of Power, Episode 1, titled,
1: A Shadow of the Past.
0: A Shadow of the Past. So, before we get into our breakdown of this one here, we're going to give out the typical reminders. If you want to get in contact with the show, you can send us an email, which is fantasyrewindpod at gmail.com. You could get at us on Twitter, at fantasyrewind, or Instagram, fantasyrewindpod. DMs. And if you get in contact with us and you want a sticker, we'll send it to you. I got them on my car, I got it on my water bottle, my wife has it on her water bottle. They look amazing. Holographic. Alright, Mike, so without farther ado, the big reveal here.
1: Well, before we get in there, I had a question for you, Dylan. Because right. I think it's a pretty important question this week. What have you been reading
0: lately? Well, so if you pay attention to our Instagram, you will see that I just finished my read-through of The Wheel of Time today.
1: And it's been a long time
0: coming. I picked up a couple long new things time. I haven't Picked up, or i've forgotten or hadn't picked up on the first time i read the through the series and it is definitely a joyous occasion because that series while i love it a lot it is long (laughs) and it's been taking up a lot of my reading time so i'm looking forward to not having a 14 book series so that i can go on and read other great fantasy novels yeah it is a very long series long but awesome All right, Mike, so let's dive right in here. Rings of Power on Amazon Prime. Before we talk about any of the stuff in the show here, so what are your general thoughts on the first episode?
1: Beautiful. (laughs) I mean, it's just gorgeous. uh, Everything is just gorgeous. This is like movie quality visuals, and it's beautiful.
0: I couldn't one agree more. I mean, I couldn't agree yeah. more. I think that is the one thing that Amazon undisputably got right is they took a giant pile of money, threw it at the screen <laughs> to see what would stick, and it turned into a beautiful masterpiece of visual money, effects. Money, money, but money. I want to get beyond just the pretty facade here because that, like I said, is undeniably gorgeous. What did you think of the way that the story setting up so far for episode one? What did you think of the acting? What did you think of just kind of more than just the pretty face that is the ratings of power?
1: I will say that for me, even it jumped around quite a bit and I, I wanted it to stay in more places a little longer. It really did focus a lot on Galadriel and kind of her situation, um which by the way i think all the acting has been great too in this mm-hmm. um, agreed can't really dispute with that you know same thing with the real time series acting was beautiful i don't know who half these actors and actresses are but they have done a really amazing job so far and i like all their characters uh for the most part <laughs> um with the, at least you know i love how the actors are doing in their jobs i think we have some pretty interesting storylines um to kind of nibble on (laughs) i think i find a few more intriguing than others definitely agree but overall i i i'm confused i guess a little bit in the terms of the context of where this series falls in the lord of the rings history it's been a long time since i've read the silmarillion as i told you i really need to reread it if i'm going to sort of take this into that context. And I know there's a whole rights issue and a lot of this is kind of all over the place, I guess. But story-wise, I think it makes sense with the narrative it's telling. But
0: I don't know. What are your thoughts, Dylan? So for me, I kind of fall right where you are as well, I think. Because like you said, there's the rights issue, which is, again, first and foremost, important to bring up. Because Amazon cannot legally tell the stories from the Silmarillion, which Mm -hmm. is foolish if you ask me. Like, why would you make a show in the First and Second Age without having their rights to the Silmarillion? But what they do have the rights to are the appendices from Lord of the Rings, and then they also have the rights, I think, to The Hobbit as well. Um, But even with all of that information there, the appendices are just that they're appendices, they're cliff notes, basically. They're not full descriptions of all of these events. So all of the storylines you're seeing on screen for Rings of Power right now, they are original for Amazon. They may be loosely based on some of the events that do happen in the Silmarillion. However, there are a lot of original characters, there are a lot of original storylines, and a lot of Liberties taken with some of these storylines that I don't necessarily feel like fit some of the characters we know and love while at the same time being very intriguing and interesting as well because I do agree that for the most part these storylines like the Harfoots I love them I absolutely thought they were done fantastically they looked great and I'm very interested to see what role the Harfoots have to play in things coming up here Arandir, I couldn't agree, or I couldn't say anything more that about him than I said about the Harfoots, although he's an original character for the series. I felt like Arandir was very interesting in his stoicism, but also his storyline. I'm kind of wondering if that is going to be like the, the discovery of Sauron's forces going forward, and if the area he's in will become Mordor, or become a land controlled by the shadow again, as it was hinted at that they were once controlled by Morgoth or worshipped Morgoth willingly and everything. Um, but so a question about yeah. uh Iranadir there. Okay, or did I say it right? I'd say Arandir. Um, I
1: think that's how you say Arandir. it. Arandir. now, he's the elf ranger, right? Who's yep. at the tower. Okay, I thought his character was very interesting and his storyline is very interesting. It's actually out of the different threads we've gotten so far, one of my favorites. I agree. Yeah. Cause I, I think it's just really uh unique kind of having this whole, this discovery, like you were saying of these dark forces and what they're doing also too tied in with him is um, the woman of the village, the medicine woman. Right. Seems I like, forget really. her name, but yes, I don't remember it either, but her, like, I think her actress is doing an awesome job too with her.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think that the prejudices you're seeing in that particular part, both from the elves holding it against these people that their ancestors were on the side of Morgoth, and from these people who look at the elves as oppressors, which I think they actually were. So, I mean, it's very conflicting storylines there where everyone's kind of a little uncomfortable, but I'm very interested to see where it leads.
1: I think I agree with you. I think that dynamic is really interesting. The view on elves in this time period versus, you know, during the Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. or during the, at least during the trilogy, very different take and one that's very believable, right? For sure. They come across the ocean fighting this big, bad evil, which these people probably were just living with and just under their foot and like whatever, you know, but they're disrupting the, sweat, the status quo and bringing war to their, their realm. And so you you have to <laughs> you have to kind of see it from these humans perspective and these other um these other groups and you could you could see where that would be disruptive and upsetting and they would like you said they're under an iron rule because their ancestors the great great ancestors followed Morgoth. So I think there's a lot of really interesting stuff there and in episode 1 we didn't get the dwarves but mm-hmm. I think that's going to be another interesting dynamic as well. Definitely. Now, I did have a question on locations, and maybe you could help me with that just a little bit and help listeners with that. So it talked about Linden yep. being the capital of the elves. Yes. But was that in, or was that part, was that still the capital of the elves during
0: like the Lord of the Rings era? So it is not. Um, I will say that the area of Linden does not last forever um however it is the capital of elfdom in middle earth at this time okay interesting yeah interesting. i just i don't want to get into too much spoilery content there yes. but yes things happen <laughs> yeah that's fine
1: that's fine i just yeah i i was just like linden i was like that i the name resonated with my memory but i was like i'm pretty sure that's not around <laughs> during uh the trilogy Now, let's talk a little bit about Galadriel, because this is where the story really focuses in on. And I thought some things were really cool, like the whole dynamic between her brother and then her taking up his mantle. Like, that's believable, right? Yeah, definitely. And um, I think that's really interesting, and it shows how her character is really just about going and leading the way. I have some points of contention with... I think either the end of this episode or where it goes into the second episode, but I want to talk about that symbol that was carved onto her brother's chest. Sure. Now, is that just the symbol for Sauron or does that have any more significance? I think?
0: think as far as we know, that is the symbol for Sauron in this age. Um, they looked it up, the elves and everybody like that, and they can't find any reference to it from their knowledge from Valinor They can't find any knowledge from it. Um, Excuse me, to do with Morgoth, other than Sauron, I think. Um, So I think Mm. that is just, like, the mark of Sauron, basically, to show that he has had his influence in this place. Interesting. I thought it
1: was interesting that he put his mark on her brother, too. Right, kind of
0: saying, I did this. Look at what I did, Gladiel. You coming for me or what? Yeah. I just was like, that's
1: kind of convenient. Like... Why would he actually just take the time out of his day to mark up a random elf?
0: Well, I, whether
1: or not it was a ruler elf or a leader of the party, it's just kind of weird, and leave the elf like pretty much intact.
0: You know, I will say this again: this is a lot of original content that does not originate from uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's works. Um, and her brother, not it doesn't necessarily get murdered by Sauron in the Silmarillion, um, although he does die and get raised up again but that's neither here nor there um what i actually kind of want to talk to you about here is continuing on our discussion about galadriel yeah there are two things that i really want to bring up about galadriel and one of them is just one of my overall complaints with this episode and it's the stylization or almost the like The unbelievableness of some of the action and some of the wording and stuff like that, that happens as well. Like for me, when we see the scene where Galadriel is fighting the ice troll, her running up the sword, getting flipped up in the air and doing all of that stuff there. It reminded me of some of the Legolas stuff from Lord of the Rings. That's just pure cheese. And (laughs) I didn't really like it when Legolas did it and Galadriel doing it too. Just eh, not really my favorite thing in the world. What are your thoughts on yeah, that stuff?
1: I can, I can see where you would have that kind of opinion or view. I, I don't disagree with you. It was a little cheesy when I was watching it. Again, though, like you said, and it's a good reminder for me, all original content, right? And plus, they're trying to really get people who don't know this era and even people like me who have read these books, I'm like, oh, yeah, this, you don't this have it all memorized, makes sense, right? So yeah, I don't have anything I'm working on, really. So, like... I'm like, okay, cool, like a knee action scene, you know, and it's all to show how
0: much she kicks butt. Right, know? and I think that, I w- one thing I do want to say in the positive side of that is that the actress for Galadriel, or her stunt double, I can't remember, tell which one, <laughs> did really awesome, like, sword twists mm-hmm. work there and stuff. Like, it looked cool. But again, oh, it yeah. was pure Wisconsin cheddar cheese. <laughs> yeah. um, I like my cheddar. Yeah, I mean, um, I do love cheddar I do want but... to talk a little bit more about Galadriel
1: here, though, because I I really liked her character in terms of her convictions. Yeah, and, very strong-willed. Yes, very strong-willed. I love that. I just didn't like that they made her just almost one-dimensional. They made her completely one-dimensional. I really want more complexity with her. And even when she was, like, talking with Alron, I just want more of like her,
0: right, who that's she is as a character. What I was getting at when I was talking about the dialogue. Like the dialogue okay. with her and Elrond and even mm-hmm. to that regard, her and Sel- her and Gilgalad or Gilgalad, um they the dialogue just seemed so artificial, like so like non-original. <laughs> it just seemed like who would actually talk that way when you're talking to somebody? You're like kind of repeating lines to advance the plot without actually talking like a normal person. And so I thought that was one of the weaker points because like you said, Gladriel in this episode is 110% focused and one-dimensional. All she cares about, I need to go after Sauron. I don't care about anything else. I need to go after Sauron. And the thing that you have to remember is although Galadriel looks like a teenager, she is still hundreds of years old at this point. And so for for me, for somebody who is hundreds of years old, who was part of the crossing, who was part of the rebellion of the Noldor, going over into Middle Earth here against the will of the Valor to be this short-sighted and angsty, like that to me wasn't the best portrayal of Galadriel. Even if they don't want to show her in her full-on, like, mystical witch-woman uh, form that Kate Blanchett portrayed in Lord of the Rings, because she is still even older at that point. But this brings up the next point I wanted to talk to you about. Galadriel's powers. Like, I'm waiting to see her use any sense of her mystical abilities that she does have at this point. And not just be a mindless Brute on the battlefield Hmm. So I'm not
1: I don't know if they'd be able to Or not I guess that depends if it's You know portrayed at all in the appendices Or if that's just described in Silmarillion like where that would be Depending on that scale I do think However or what I really hope Is that they start Off with her like this Mm -hmm. right and as we go through this season, she develops. I really hope so too. And softens up a little bit in terms of not like, I don't, I'm not saying she has to be like, Oh, I'm a princess now. Um, or anything like that. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> we can get, that she, that's not who she is. No, that's fine. No. But like when you're talking with a friend, how do you talk with them? You know, yeah. it's not just, I have to find Sauron, kill Sauron. That's my entire life. Like, no obviously you've developed friendships like Elrond's your friend so there was some kind of connection there and there's definitely some discourse otherwise if you just treated him like you treated him he wouldn't be helping you right right so I want to see some of those moments like maybe it is the fact that she'd been traveling for so many years how many 60 something years or whatever she was running around she was going around for a couple hundred years yeah, that I mean tra- chasing Sauron for however many years you know I I can I could understand where that would become a fixation for you yeah but let's as we're as we're continuing on in this story let's start to see some more of you what else has happened in your life what else is your experiences and uh flesh you out a little more so I think that would make her really interesting and I would be really excited to see that us talking through that though I, or me talking through that, <laughs> I guess, has helped me to see to like, OK, yeah, she would probably be that way because literally this has been her life for hundreds of years.
0: Like if she did use like that to focus herself and get herself through the difficult trying times of her battle and of her search for Sauron, you know, I get that. But at the same time, she isn't somebody that should be talking to a friend who's trying to help her that way and like th- something i just want to bring up as well cuz i saw it today and i just i laughed out loud it was hilarious to me i saw a meme somebody made where it was that scene of elrond saying to galadriel galadriel put up your sword and then her saying what would i if i do that what would i be and then it shows kate blanchett's galadriel just being there all radiant and awesome and it's just like that's too funny um but Getting back to the glad we're seeing on screen here, I feel like she is interesting enough at this point to make me want to continue to watch her a little oh, more. Absolutely. But like you said, we saw we saw how she acted here. I'm hoping that as we see her farther and farther engrossed in the world and not on like this mission with like five other elves out in the middle of nowhere climbing this giant ice yeah. cliff I hope we see her soften up a little bit and have more personality and be less uh, less focused in on just finding Sauron and wanting to see her grow as a character, maybe learn to let go a little bit while still holding on to her grudge, but being able mm-hmm. to focus on the greater good of the world as well. Correct me if I'm wrong. We know that she gets basically... The king is basically
1: shooing her into Valinor because they want to get rid of her.
0: No, actually. Um, um, so I'm not sure if you caught this, but when gil is talking to Elrond at the end of this episode, he basically says to Elrond, you know, Sauron is coming back, Galadriel's right, but I can't trust Galadriel to, enough to like not help him come back by like harrying his forces or like... By, like, hurrying his rise along, basically. Mm. Like, he's like, she's right, but I can't tell if it's, if she's, a part she's going to play in the future is for good or for bad yet. So rather than deal with that problem in the future, I'm going to preemptively send Galadriel to Valinor. Which, again, we'll get to this part here, but this is a big reward. Yes,
1: I understand that. Oh, I got that. They did make that pretty clear, you know? And, but what I was saying is, like, they were trying to, like, shoo her under the rug, like, get out of the way type deal, you know?
0: Yeah, they were doing that because they weren't sure if she would cause the doom of all elves or not.
1: Yeah. So, um, you want to talk a little bit more about that? I, I I know we didn't talk about this before, but Valinor, like, the picture with the tree and everything else, like, yeah, beautiful. Now, they didn't really, I don't think, did did a really
0: great job explaining how Morgoth destroyed the tree no they didn't uh they didn't really talk too much about how Morgoth stole the Silmarils or if they can even say that word because I don't know if it was or even mentioned. what the
1: Silmarils are yeah or what the Silmarils right?
0: are which I mean you know I have some theories for later on I'll tell you about but um with this one here um I talked with a few other people that aren't familiar with Lord of the Rings or Silmarillion and everything as much as mm-hmm. I am as much as you are um, both my wife and my brother watched this, both liked it, but both didn't <laughs> really have a sense of what is going on. They were both a little yeah. confused by it. And I think that shows that even though this episode is nothing but like setup, set up, set up, it's not mm-hmm. done to the point where it's explaining what is happening yet. I think they're, like, trying to set up too many quests, too many storylines and everything like that. But yeah. um, to get back to
1: your original That's question, though, It kind of jumped around a-,
0: a lot. Yeah. To get back to your original question, though, about Valinor. Valinor is basically the land where the elves are all from, where the Valar, or, like, the gods of this world, live. And then you have... It's kind of like they're they leave there. They're, like, told, oh, you kind of win against our will you can't come back until you basically like prove yourself worthy basically uh, it's one of those situations and now valinor is basically like this heaven like this undying land that elves who have earned a great reward can go back to um it's not like continuous crossing though so you go to valinor you're not coming back you go there you're there for good and that's why at the end you see Galadriel struggling because it's this peaceful place where she'll find rest and find like calm and peace. But she's not ready for that yet. She's like, I need to get in the darkness first and see if it's truly the darkness. Because like of what her brother said to her early on in the episode there, but... Uh, just so she abandons That gift of going back to Valinor Dives out of the boat and Basically says I'm not done in Middle Earth Yet which again we all knew was coming But mm-hmm. Yeah it's basically just this Like heaven like place for the elves Right now and then uh, I think The last
1: we got the Hard, hard uh, heart heart Yeah and I gotta say Love their quaint little community I thought yes. that was very vibrant and very Pop like it was popping and I think out of all of the different situations we saw, storylines we saw, that's the most just like that screams Middle Earth to me. You know, relatable. I guess would probably be the word. Like they're just trying to survive, and they have a very simple life. You know. Yeah. And I think it, they very much facilitate that Hobbit esque feel from the trilogy, which is their probably their purpose. It's exactly their purpose. <laughs> like you remember Hobbits, right? Here's the hardfoots. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, we end the
0: episode with meteor man yes so talking about meteor man here what are your theories about who he is because uh wizard he has except, to be a wizard
1: yeah because he controlled the fire so he like sucked it back in and then it went back out right and yeah I was definitely just thinking wizard and I think in episode two. I, I've watched episode two, but yes, there's a scene well. there that really made me think that.
0: Well, I would agree. I think that at this point, to me, it's almost a given he's a wizard. But the question remains, which wizard is he? Is he Gandalf, Radagast, Saruman, one of the blue wizards? Which one is your guess so far, a completely new original wizard? Oh, so this is where it's
1: tough because I don't, no, Radagast, from what I remember, he was like just one with nature type deal, right?
0: The blue wizards were twins, I think. I don't remember if they were twins or not, but I know they got sent to Middle-earth at the same time. Yeah,
1: so I, I wasn't thinking it was them. I was really thinking it's either going to be Gandalf or Radagast, I guess. I would honestly go with Gandalf oh god <laughs> I, I know I, I I just like who else you know who else would they want to pull in here I mean I guess I could create a whole new wizard but and it also did lead me to a question though
0: do belrogs start off as belrogs so belrogs and like the wizards for lack of a better term are both Maiar that's yeah, like they're, they're both the same tier. They're both the same tier. One's good, one's bad. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, who <laughs> who does fire? Bellrogs do fire. So, yeah, oh my I was, As we were
1: talking, I was like thinking that I was like, oh man, what if this ends up being a bellrog or like, like you find out that they could either be wizards or bellrogs depending on how they like, sort
0: of how they align, kind of good or evil? Yeah. Oh god. Mm. That would be insane if he was a Belrog. I don't think it's gonna be that crazy. I no, feel like I don't think we're so going to get um Durin's Bane and Kazadum um later on in this season, who is the same Belrog that we see Gandalf vanquish in Lord of the Rings. Um yeah. my prediction though is that this guy is a wizard. I feel like he's either going to be Saruman or one of the Blue Wizards. Hmm, interesting. And I say Saruman do- because Saruman was originally good and yes. he only switched to like the evil side around the Hobbit time. or like for Right reasons. before. For, yeah, because he thought that it was a hopeless cause fighting against Sauron and he wanted to be on the winning side. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see on that one.
1: It. The reason I said it could be Radagast though is just because of his appearance and like he is with the hard foots and I feel like they're very like naturey, and so he might yeah sort of you know have that affinity
0: i mean i'll say this saruman radagast one of the blue wizards i'm fine with all of that as long as it's not gandalf that'd be the one person who i'd be a little upset about if it was him <laughs> just because yeah. i feel like all the other ones need more screen time gandalf has had his time to shine and he's not supposed to be in middle earth for a while yet <laughs> but still
1: that's fair um, I want to just talk about one last part, just for me, the sword. Okay, yes, yes. So, that looked like initially a... Um, a Morgul blade. Blades. Yes, a Morgul blade. But then when that kid, like, pricked his finger on it, I was like, oh, nothing
0: bad happened to him. See, I'm waiting for that kid to get corrupted, uh, because he pricked yeah. his finger. And when you get cut by that thing, there's no going back. So I'm I'm waiting for it. Yeah, I guess that'll be interesting to see as we go forward.
1: But is there any other thoughts you had on Lord of the Rings? Uh, episode one. Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, oh, episode one. I'm going to keep calling it Lord <laughs> of the Rings. Uh you know, sorry, Rings of Power, episode one. I think overall it's, you know, it's exciting to be back in Middle Earth. Love that. Yep. I am thinking they've done a nice job of setting up some storylines. I am looking forward to seeing where those storylines go. And I think they have some really interesting ones that they've started off with. So it'll be, it'll be really fun to see kind of the different directions they take with these characters because they,
0: like you said, they have kind of a blank slate to sort of play around with stuff. So my overarching thoughts here um, are that I overall liked it. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I liked it. I thought that Rings of Power for me is visually stunning, absolutely gorgeous, The setup is happening. I'm waiting to see where that's leading right now. Um, I feel like they did a lot of stuff right. They did a lot of stuff wrong. And it's kind of like right in the middle. But I'll say this. Because of how I feel about the adaptation of The Wheel of Time. Going in in that last trailer they released for The Rings of Power here. My expectations for the show got lower and lower and lower. This show so far has far exceeded my expectations, but I I heard somebody say this comment um, earlier today. I was watching a Daniel Green video, and it was like a live uh, feed where somebody said this quote for how they felt about the Rings of Power. It's better than I thought that and that it would be, but not as good as it should be. And that kind of summarizes how I feel about Rings of Power as well. Like, I feel like it's good, not great, And I want to
1: see if it can get there. Yeah, I think that's a good. I I would definitely respect your opinion there. Uh, And I think there is always room for improvement, especially like we said, like I'm looking forward to seeing the character development. And I hope they do it half as good as Sandman.
0: Oh, for real. I was thinking, (laughs) I was like, you know, we just saw Dream have this great, (laughs) great character development throughout his series. Hopefully Mm -hmm. Galadriel can echo that and, you know, have some good, solid growth as well. Either way, I'm excited. Uh, do we know when the new episodes will air? Yes. So episodes for Rings of Power will be airing on Fridays. I'm not positive on the time. However, mm-hmm. I know it is Friday night. Um, cool. At least Friday night EST. So Eastern Standard mm-hmm. Time. Um, I'm not positive, again, on the time there. I think it's probably going to be around like 8 or 9 is when it will air. But I figure I'm watching Rings of Power Fridays watching... Football and House of the Dragon on Sundays. So it's happening. Lots of TV watching in my future. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. All right. So without any farther ado, let's wrap this one up. And this is going to be Two Nerds signing off. See ya. See ya.